Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our first guest today has many specialties, including architectural representation, emerging green building product, commercial works surfaces, and just to name a few. He enjoys discovering new uses or installed techniques for the materials in addition to spending face time with our customer base. Please welcome Matt Burke, CEO of EcoSupply. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Peggy. I appreciate it. Our pleasure, our pleasure. You know, Matt, in our first segment today, we were really talking about this whole idea of sustainable building, green building, and these new materials. And it's really interesting because I don't think a lot of us pay a lot of attention to that. Uh, I'd love for you to give our audience kind of a brief overview of what actually is sustainable building materials because they've really evolved and there's some really neat things that are happening out there. Yeah, it's difficult to put your thumb on, and it's, and it's fast-moving, especially for contractors to, to get their head around it. Sometimes there are a number of green building standards um, that, that are pushing certain techniques or products, but basically it comes down to you know, using better materials and using better construction techniques that are going to save energy, the better materials being things that are less destructive for the environment from harvesting or production standpoint, whether it be whether they're, where they're harvested, the rainforest versus domestic timber, um, products with a lot of embodied energy that take a lot of energy to produce, and then obviously um, building a building that, that lasts and that doesn't use much energy. So, so let's talk about that. When you talk about harvesting things and you talk about standards, there's kind of two spectrums of, of that. Now, are standards forcing us to come up with new building materials? I mean, is it something that we have to do, I mean, because the environment, we have to be eco-friendly, or is a lot of this just saying, hey, it's a way of reducing costs and making things last longer, and it makes things, you know, brings down a lot of costs because you could be more energy efficient, or does it run the gamut? Yeah, I'm a pragmatist, so I certainly like those standards that lean toward um, doing good things with what we have and the tools we have, because you see the, the adoption rate and the ability to execute on a project is about the same as, um, as a normal project. You see that with Passive House, where really it comes down to the design and just a bit of execution. But what you're really doing is creating a, a super-insulated en- envelope, and all that means is, is putting more insulation on the outside and having a smart de- design that reduces thermal bridging and reduces energy that flows out through you know, joints between the sill and the foundation, so basically, you really need nothing new. You're just using our existing materials in a different way. Now, certainly, some of the most destructive things out there, like rainforest, uh, hardwoods, um, you know, through legislation and through standards, the use of that can be reduced. Um, but in between is, is sort of a gray area. It's very difficult. Okay, this adhesive is, is less toxic than another one. It's hard to put your thumb on it. And sometimes I wonder who's certifying the certifier, and certainly contractors um, you know, f- face that as well. And and why is it important to on you know and, and you talked a lot about contractors is it important for contractors to understand or even consider sustainable solutions I mean it's something right now it's evolving it's constantly changing it's kind of a moving target so to speak yeah and and I think having 
having knowledge of the marketplace and having uh, training when it comes to some of the newer techniques and newer standards, um, as difficult as it can be to just take the time to do that, it, it does give you a leg up on the competition. And some of these projects are certainly in the, in the newer parts of these uh, green building standard, whether it be LEED or Passive House. Uh, if you're an early adopter, you have an opportunity to really sort of cement yourself into the marketplace and, and make new contacts and kind of get out of your existing business and maybe expand it. So it, it, although it is, uh, it is difficult, it, it's an opportunity as well. Talk to us about like a passive house or a lead or those kind of things. How, how does someone go about really understanding that? Do you dedicate someone to that? I mean, how do you really keep uh, up to date on this kind of stuff? When it comes to LEED, the U.S. Green Building Council has done a, a tremendous job when it comes to legislative, legislative efforts to, uh, to get tax credits, uh, education, trade shows, and they've really, they have the momentum, they have the money and firepower to, to push that. Passive House is more of an emerging uh, standard. It's growing very quickly. I think it ultimately will be more substantive. Um, and do a lot more damage net-net uh, when it comes to preserving the environment. But that's one you really need to seek out a little bit of training. Uh, there, are, there are certain Passive House certified um, products. There um, are certified Passive House designers, and there are certified Passive House uh, tradespeople. Now, you don't need to be a certified Passive House product or tradesperson to be involved in the project. You do need to have a designer, though, um, an architect or a consultant who's been trained and gone through a two-week training process that's fairly difficult in an exam at the end where not everybody passes. The, the tradespeople and the training that goes on there, it, it isn't as rigorous from a, a classroom standpoint, and I think it adds a lot of value when it comes to just learning more about some modern techniques and, and different products that are out there. So let's ultimately just you know, kind of cuts to the chase on this. What are the short and long-term benefits of using sustainable building materials on a project? I mean, really, you know, because everybody talks about them and a company says, do we want to do it? Because you just described, somebody might fail a test. Somebody says, I put a lot of effort into it, so I'm walking away and I go, you know, wow, this is a lot of work. You know, are there some real hardcore benefits you're going to walk away with that's, you know, you say, hey, a company's just achieved from this. You know, it, certain developers out there are getting above market rates for, quote-unquote, green projects, and people see them as, as healthy. Uh, they like natural daylight. They like fresh air. They like a comfortable environment where there aren't huge gradients and temperatures, um, where they know they're going to be insulated from volatile electricity or gas prices. So, I think, I think there is real value there when it, when it comes to the marketing, and particularly in Passive House, uh, you're just getting a lot more fresh air than you would in a normal building, and the temperature is very even, and the humidity is very even. So from a real comfort and health standpoint, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of benefits to be had, and, and you're seeing a, a market premium from those type of, of projects. Are there actual numbers that you can put to these that you say, you know, and in, in that clean air that you say in savings or um, health environmental improvements that you can, can, can put to that, that someone says, okay, now I see the real benefit. Are there numbers? Yeah, I think that's kind of the real critique of the LEED standard because you don't necessarily really know the benefit. There's LEED, silver, gold, and platinum. You do better or get more points, but it's a little bit amorphous and a little qualitative. 
I think that's the elegant, uh, you know, the elegance of, of the passive house standard. You really know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly at the end what your energy used by the building is. It, the model has been very accurate in predicting how these buildings will perform. The buildings are airtight, yet they have an ERV or an energy recovery ventilator that's ventilating uh, a lot of fresh air through the building. So you really know that the building's going to perform, and you know exactly what you're going to be spending when it comes to, uh, to energy. So it, it's just math. There's no real uh, you know, qualitative wishy-washy about it. You really know what you're getting out of, out of it. It's, it's just a huge Excel spreadsheet, really, is what you're punching into the, uh, all the building components into the spreadsheet. When you look at the big scheme of things right now, adoption in the marketplace, looking at a greener environment, are we seeing more overall adoption into an eco-friendly environment? Are we seeing it more and more um, in construction projects overall, or is it still got a long way to go? It, well, it's got a long way to go, and it, it's certainly really big on the commercial side. Hospitals, universities, uh, government buildings uh, have adopted um, the USGB standards and LEED. Uh, and that's certainly improved the quality, I think, of construction and, and how green things are. Um, you know, p- passive house is a long way to go, and I, I think it, it might have a, a greater impact. It's really in its infancy, um, but the nice part about it is that it, it might creep down into, you know, people who could really use it, who, uh, who aren't wealthy, where their dwelling and their utility bills are, you know, big, big line items, and, you know, those utility bills are going to be uh, decreased, and uh, they're just going to be living in a much better building. Um, so that, that's exciting. But, yeah, you are seeing it being adopted widely, and some code changes are really forcing the hand of people as well. How long do you think before you see some greater adoption? What do you think it's going to take to get you know, increased adoption sooner than later? You know, I, I always hate uh, more regulation. It's always nice when it's when things are being driven by the consumer, people just doing the right thing. Um, but the legislation certainly does help and, and was a big tailwind for the USGBC, so I hope it's the same for Passive House. Well, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, everybody says we hate regulations, but sometimes that prods things a little bit along faster than, you know, Sooner than later, right? And that's, that's the big it, thing. But I have to tell you, it's, it's great, Matt. And, and where can our listeners go to learn more about what you guys are doing? Uh, you can go to the USGBC website. You can Google Passive House or our, uh, our website, EcoSupplyCenter.com. And uh, I really appreciate the time. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. We wish you uh, the best of luck. Thanks for being with us. Have a good one. All right. All right, listeners, we're out of time for this segment, but you know what we want you to do? We want you to understand that building materials are really doing, and we look at this sustainable area, and there's a lot more to talk about. And our next guest is going to continue this discussion on how we can have a more sustainable and cleaner way of uh, doing our, our building in our construction environment. So, but, so don't go away. We've got more to talk about. And in the meantime, we want you, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we want you to check out the AEM.org website, or as always, you can go up to ConExpo. Uh, conag.com site you can check out what we've got going on there and always as I mentioned we want you to sign up for our 365 newsletter it's got the latest news impacting the construction marketplace so there's a whole lot going on there so stick around we've got more to talk about so thank you for tuning in to Con Expo Con Ag Radio brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers and you know if it's new it's here we'll be right back right after this commercial break
Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at conexpoconag.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit Securing Our E-City Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Has your business been appified? Are you tired of doing marketing that doesn't deliver results? Mobile apps build loyalty and quality retention. Your app from UPG Mobile puts your business on their mind and at their fingertips. UPG Mobile will give you a custom app highlighting how you are unique, targeting your message, and improving your open rates. Appify your business and amplify your presence with your customers at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. 